0: Much like you, I've got a lot to complain about, like open-toe sandals. Who thought that was a good idea? Who wants to look at toes? Adults who drink squash. Listen, you're a fully grown person. But I just got my Sky TV and broadband and I've got no complaints. Sky has the lowest number of complaints made to Ofcom for paid TV and fixed-line broadband. To find out more, visit ofcom.org.uk. We're happy because you're happy. Oh, hang on though. Noisy eaters. They're annoying. Sky. Believe in All right, so we've got Daryl, who's come over from Manchester here today. Been in 19 different prisons, served over 12 years. We're talking knife crime, we're talking gang activity, hardcore Manchester. And at the end of it, we'll get to the work he's doing now, speaking in the schools. If you are out there and you're a school teacher, or you are a student, and you want Daryl to come into your school, in the description box below this video, Are going to be all the links, including how to get in touch with Daryl so you can get him booked into your school. So thanks for coming on, Daryl. We're going to thanks start. Thanks for having me. We'll start at the beginning then. Um, what part of Manchester are we talking? I'm from Moss Side. Moss Side. I'm
1: 16.
0: We used to score there, didn't we? Yeah. When we were like raving back in um, 89, 1991, around then, we used to like go to the, what was it, the Thunderdome and the Conspiracy, all those clubs. My we'll girlfriend was the neighbourhoods, the kitchen, that, the empty flats.
1: There, <laughs> <laughs> the boring.
0: Yeah. So, what was that like for you then, growing up in Manchester?
1: Man, it was all right. To be honest, I like Manchester. I, I like Liverpool better though. But um, yeah, it was it was all right. I come on from a broken home, so obviously it had its downs. But all in all, lifestyles you have your ups, you have your downs. So I we went through a lot of domestic violence as a young kid. From domestic violence, grew up in my teens, went onto the streets and got involved in one of the deadliest wars of this country's generation, gang warfare. And was that Gunchester?
0: Was that what they call that?
1: Yeah, I was one of the people, one of the instigators when it was when it was changed from Manchester to Gunchester in the in the press, so to speak. So I was one of the instigators. I was a non gunman
0: What year are we talking about when that kicked off? Like 1989. That's exactly when we were raving, wasn't it? Yeah. So the guy I live with um, was a rave DJ out of LA when I met him. And he's from Manchester originally. And he was going to the ACN and all these other clubs as well. And he, was, he, he laid it down that it started out with the ecstasy scene and the gangsters started seeing all the money being made in the ecstasy, and then this war broke out over the doors, because the doors controls the drugs.
1: Yeah, it wasn't... The war that I was involved in was nothing to do with that. First, you had a war, Moss Side, against Cheetah Mill. Cheetah Mill, Salford, Moss Side, Salford, that kind of thing. But my war started, I come on the back of the late Moss Side, Mill. And after that, it was Doddington against Gooch which was Pepperell to begin with, because I was from a place called Pepperell. And then years later, we, the name changed to Doddington. So I, my main war was with
0: the Gooch. All right, so a lot of people watching this, they're in America, they don't know what all these terms mean. Can you just explain who the Moss Side gang is and these other gangs, what they are, what they represent?
1: In Moss Side, there is um, two estates, both next to each other, both called the Alexander Park Estate. One side was Doddington Territory, one side was Gooch Territory. There was this one road that split us into two called Alexander Road. Um, We had a war. The war went on for over 20 years. There's different reasons why people say the war started, but I grew into the war, so I'm not here to say why it started, but I was willing to kill and be killed to support my brothers in arms. Back then I thought they was my brothers, I thought they was my mates, they was my family and along the lines you see that they ain't your family.
0: So you said you're like this hardcore soldier then, but going back earlier, what was the first stuff you started to do that was criminal activity? I
1: used to ride stolen motorbikes when I was 10, 11, 12, and then 13 heroin and crack it my side in a big way. So I used to be a runner for some people. So I started where most started selling weed, I started selling bags of brown. You know, it used to be fifteen pounds for a quarter and I used to sell a fifteen bag and get a five pound out of the fifteen.
2: Well, people nickel and dime in it with the fucking weed, you're making the decent money, aren't you?
1: Yeah. As long as you was out for early in yeah. the morning, because the early bird that catches a worm in this game, you need to catch people when they're rattling. So I was always up and out at six, seven o'clock before school, even though I wasn't in school. I was in a project by that time.
2: So you were like a corner boy? Well, yeah. like, you, it, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, you them. would
1: call them corner boys in, yeah. in a different country, a foot soldier in a yeah. different country, yeah.
0: How did it escalate from dealing to violence?
1: The elders had an argument because we all used to go round together. We was all friends. We went to school and that together, lots of us. A lot of us stayed at each of those houses, believe it or not. Some elders had a little tit for tat. I'm not going to go into what it was over, but we felt obliged to stick with the elders from our estate rather than go with the elders from the other estate and...
2: So you just picked your fence, and that's it.
1: Yeah, that road divided us, even though we had friends and family on the opposite side of the estate. From the war started, the war started.
2: Now, was it that bad where your friends and family couldn't come round to yours?
1: No, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. It was just life. I don't see it as being bad. Do You know, I just see it as You know, but your
2: family from the other side could actually come and see you. Yeah. Without them getting... A,
1: a lot of people telling to pick sides, like if somebody from over that side was seen talking to me, they'd get a beating. And if I'd seen someone that I knew talking to people over the other side of the state, they'd get a, they'd beat. get a beating.
2: Yeah. So you watch what you talk so in other words. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but I'm one of them people. I do what I want, when I want, and yeah. how I want. And that's mostly my brazenness is mostly why I survived where a lot of people didn't survive. Do you know, over 30 friends and family of mine died. And don't forget, over the other side, they knew it was originally my friends. A lot of them died also.
2: So you lost more generally because you knew them both.
1: Exactly. And you know what a lot of people think? Because I might kill 10 people and you might kill one people that I've won the war. Didn't you no know winners in war. No. We're both losers. In 1991, me and my friend went to get something to eat in a bakery. Two of us went in there. One of us come out. My mate was gunned down inside the bakery.
2: Wow. Didn't even wait for him to get out? Nah. Killed him inside the bakery. That's ruthless that, like, innit? But
1: that's life, isn't it. That was war. Do you know it's, it's kill or be killed? Or it was back then
0: how did you go then from just the dealing level and the violence at the lower level to getting access to the guns?
1: Obviously, they come from the elders to begin with. And then when you become established yourself, you find your own contacts and that to buy, purchase, your firearms, your ammunition, your vests. Because
0: it's a huge surprise to the Americans where we were in Arizona, guns were legal. So I had like a shotgun for home protection, I had a Glock. <coughs> we went, I go in and go off and got a concealed weapons permit so the police actually train you and in, in shooting and then you get your concealed weapons permit. How easy was it for you to get these guns then? It was... The police don't train you, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, they just, it just got handed down from the elders, is that what you yeah,
1: said? Yeah, to the with, they got that handed down from the elders, and you just went and purchased your own. You knew, everybody knew where to... Everybody in this kind <coughs> of work knew where to get what and what price to pay. So it was just like, was just like natural progression through the...
2: You don't know what life. numbers are on that book, that gun, though, do you? You don't know who it's killed or... please <laughs> get hold of it. You could be up for five murders you didn't fucking do.
1: Exactly, there. and when I work in schools and I tell kids, you'll never get a clean gun in this country. No, no. Do you know? And if you're arrested with a gun that's been used... You might not get charged with it or convicted, but you're definitely going to get questioned for it. And if you don't keep a diary, you've not got an alibi of where you was when something happens, but you never get a clean gun on the streets of this country.
0: How old were you when you first handled a gun, and how did that make you feel? I was
1: 14. An elder gave me a gun, and he asked me to do something with it, but the person didn't turn up. If the person would have turned up, I would have done what he asked me to do with it because I felt like I was a big man, not that I had a gun.
0: Did he, did he give you any kind of training in it to use it or no, anything? No,
1: I did. They just give me a three fifty seven and says, use it on this person. Someone was going to come to the Pepperill for a meeting and they didn't turn
0: up. So say they gave you that gun and he had turned up. And I, I assume, I know you would have done it. But say, in a different scenario, you would have bottled it. What would have happened to you from the elders?
1: Mm, They mostly would have used that gun on me. Really? Most probably,
0: yeah. Wow. So as you're rising up the ranks then, what stories have you got of, (coughs) I know you imagine you probably got a lot, but what could you describe in more detail of the life-threatening situations you were in? I've been in a number of Don't life... Don't self-incriminate yourself, by the
2: way. I've been in
1: number of life-threatening situations, having people trying to kill me over 70 times. There's been a lot of life... 70 times. People have tried to kill me on a lot more than 70 times, but we'll leave it at 70 times, but on three of them occasions, I have been shot. Um, the first time, I'm going to be honest, the first time I was going to a food shop... And I just put down my gun for the night because I used to carry my gun everywhere. Yeah. And I just put it down, hid it in a place for the night. Five minutes later, pulling up next to this shop, riding through a park, and someone jumped out from behind a tree and started letting off after me. I had a bike. I let the bike roll towards him, turn around, and I got shot in the, underneath my foot, come out the side of my leg. Yeah. As I was running, made it round two corners. Couldn't make it no more.
2: I was saying, it must be pretty hard to fucking run with a bullet in your fucking foot.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it is it's pretty painful. Yeah, it's scary it's as pretty, fuck too, like is, it is pretty, going. It is pretty painful, but you know what? Every time I've been shot, I've been going towards the people, so that's mostly what made me survive. Yeah. The second time I got shot, um, I was released in the morning for, I was being questioned for a murder and I got released without charge. My mate got charged with it. I got released. And I thought because this person, this significant person had been killed, it'd be safe for me to go round because it used to be my mate. I had nothing to do with it, but there was like some in kinda in-house fighting. Yeah. So I just thought it'd be safe for me to go anywhere. Nobody ain't brave enough to fuck with me. But little did I know people was brave enough. You know what I mean? You, th- you think you're the big bad. I am, and nobody you're untouchable. When certain people go, but well,
2: the higher you go, the more young bucks are wanting your. The seeing you dress right, the seeing you look good, the seeing your car, and they want some of that. Don't they? definite. It's like it was a younger element
1: that tried to kill me, and I was shot over twenty times on that occasion. And a girl was shot come from a pub. My mate. Asked me five minutes before, could he give me a lift home? And I say, no, no, I was giving it the big in. No one ain't brave enough to fuck with me. Da, 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 da. Drunk and all that, giving it the big in. So I walked through the estate and little t- did I know that somebody had already phoned him up to tell him that I was in this pub and I was walking on the way back. So I approached the corner and I seen him and I held out my hands and says, what, what? you know, thinking they wouldn't do nothing. Yeah. And as you can see through the scars on my arms, they shot me in my arms, my chest, Just... my back. I had a vest on, so it took some of the
2: bullets. So they weren't, they, I mean, sounds stupid. And then... Um, so they weren't trying to kill you.
1: didn't go for the headshot. They was trying to kill me. A bullet glanced off the side of me. Eddie. Eh? Wow. They tried to kill me because mm. I dropped. I threw the girl on the floor that I was with. She got shot twice. And... I was laying on the floor and they were still pumping them into me and one of them come close to my head and he must have thought he shot me in the head because it's a bullet skin off my head and that's when they got off. There's blood, that's the only one I was worried about. I was still conscious. And when I got up, there's pure blood in my eye and down my face and I thought that was it. How long you in hospital after that one? I was only in hospital for about a week and a half.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then the last time I got shot, I was speaking to some girls outside a club, about 50 feet away from the first ever time I got shot. And I seen my mate down the road, and he was going like that, waving away. But I thought he was saying, come here. Oh, so right, I right, started right. walking to so him. Telling you no, cool. Yeah, yeah, because he'd seen the people. So I start walking to him, and he had, bop, 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 bop. And um, I got one in my leg then. That's still in there. Um, yeah I got one in the leg and that, that caused me some damage I was in hospital for about 9 months with that I got MRSA when I was in hospital um, which is a flesh eating infection oh uh, that
0: massive shit yeah so Ooh. I
1: had 9 months I had an external fixator I had the inside pins but they took the pins out I had an external fixator for about 18 months and that bullet's still in there
2: at that time, didn't you think, you know what, fuck this, I'm fucking, just, I'm off to live abroad. Nah, because you know what, after
1: seeing my friend get killed, I vowed to avenge his death, and I vowed to do this until, until it took my life or all of them was dead. I was willing, that's how far <coughs> I was willing to go. Nowadays, you don't get loyalty like we did in the old school. No, I
2: was going to say. Era.
1: You know, I tell kids nowadays, your mates ain't going to kill for you. They're not going to die for you. They're not going go to go jail for a life sentence. You they?
2: will tell the police on you, though.
1: Exactly. But I'm one of them people that I would have died for any of my mates, even though it was the really mates, because one of them did phone up the people to say, I was on my way back from that pub. But you know what? That's in the past, and it, it is what it is, isn't it? the Dynamics of life have brought me, yeah. To the but you could have a drink with
2: that guy, could you, without looking in his eyes and wanting to kill him? Could you?
1: I've spoken to him
2: since I'd oh, hate me. I've spoken to him
1: since, but you know what? We can't, if we live in eight, then we're not going to fix this broken world, are we? Because there's a lot of people that it takes s- a
2: bigger man to do that, like it,
1: it does. But there's a lot of people can say that about me and some of the crimes that I've committed. I'm not going to go into it, but yeah, there's still people that will hold grudges against me, but leave it for the sake of leaving it and having a peaceful life.
2: At least you can sleep at ease at night.
1: I don't know about that, but... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. I struggle sleeping, but it is what it is, isn't it? And I'm alive and I'm able to tell my story, use my negative past to educate people on a positive future. So how, did, how does Salford come into it? Salford, I don't really have any dealings with the Salford and yeah. Moss Side thing. Do you know? I have some friends from Salford, but back then there was obviously there was there was tensions with everybody. To be honest, but nowadays there's no tensions with Salford no. Moss Side. Obviously, Salford's got their own thing going on.
2: But I did have some friends in Salford. There always seems to be aggro in Salford, though, even now. There's always something going on. I can't speak
1: on Salford. I'm from my side. side I'm yeah. from the heart of Manchester. Salford. Salford. It's like
2: S- it Manchester, is exactly
1: it? Exactly. Yeah. So they will tell you they're
2: Salfordians. Yeah. You know,
1: the Red Army and all that. But, yeah, I don't have no issues with nobody in Salford. No. don't have issues with anybody in Cheetah Mill. I don't have any issues with anybody from the Gooch. Obviously, there's people that don't like me and there's people I dislike. Well, I don't hate nobody no more. Who are the main heads from the Gooch, you go? Um, the main heads from the Gooch. Now, the Gooch is gone now, but back, my, back my rivals was the Piggies and the Cabos, Joyce and Amos. They was my rivals. Yeah. Do you know? Not that they ever done anything or I ever done anything to them, but you know they're the ones that everybody talks about
2: so they were the you had your elders they were the youngsters elders
1: they was they was they was like my era yeah well i'd had beef with their elders as well because i thought i was a man before the time but i'm not gonna go into any names of them elders do you know yeah i did i did have beef with them
2: People who were around there the time know it, and these people weren't. don't need to know it, do they? Nah. <laughs> what I
1: mean? They knew they what I mean? They knew that I had beef with them, and I knew they had beef with me. And, yeah. You know, the past is in the past. They might see this and think, they might think something else, but it is what it is, isn't it? You know, I'd never... You I'd, can
2: walk up with your head held up high, can't you? Yeah, Anywhere I around know, Manchester.
1: Yeah, I know that I I won't ever pick up a gun again. No. You know, I'm not going to say nobody ain't going to try and kill me again because it's possible.
2: I nah, don't think we will, no, no.
1: I hope not, but anything's possible. Anything's
0: possible. So, a lot of people, especially the Americans, are fascinated by the prison experience in this country then. What was your first arrest that sent you to prison?
1: First arrest was um, got in a fight in town, um, there was a gun there. Somebody got caught with a gun. I didn't get caught with a gun. I got arrested a few hours later because the person who I was fighting with said I was there. And obviously, the police had a gun and they had to find a the gun. They found the gun with the person. So I got arrested and charged with possession of a firearm with intent to endanger life. done a few months on remand and found not guilty in the end. The person with a gun pleaded guilty, but when I first went to jail, it was a place called Inle I was 18, and jail was jail then. I don't know if people have been to jail nowadays in England, it's not jail when I, I land. It's
2: like a holiday camp now, but well, I see some of these shows like, oh, it's that one from. They're in Jersey and stuff. And they got, like, Playstations, and they get fucking fed decent scram
1: and everything. You know really? Yeah, when I went to jail, you was given a, a jug. Yeah. There was no toilets. You was given a jug and shown, shown where the sluice was.
2: I so, did Walton in 91, and it was like that that exactly the same as that? Yeah. I was on H Block, and it was just a fucking... You shit in a bucket, and in the morning, you slopped it out.
1: Yeah, slop out. People don't know about that nowadays. No but regardless of jail jail is jail you're away from your loved ones a lot of people say it's easier because you've got a tv and a playstation and things like that but you're still away from your loved ones
2: but you can call them no can't you on your little fucking mobiles
1: yeah i throughout the years i was caught with a couple of mobiles in jail but it is what it is.
2: you've seen the size oh fuck you know yeah Matter. Right, t- right I reckon I, I could hoop four or five. <laughs> no fucking problem. No, really. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, jail was. It was a mad place because you had people from my gang, my state on one wing, and then you had the enemy on the other state, and then visits. They couldn't control who booked visits when. They didn't work it out back then how uh. to do it. So when. When it was visit time, I used to always I used to always try attack people. Not very successful sometimes because the screws would get in there first. But I attacked people that much so on visits I got put down the block and I wasn't allowed to Contact. live a normal location
2: because I was that violent. Well the thing is, not just I mean you should have got the visits a bit better than that, because not only you're attacking people the people that come in to see you, to see the other people. There was always fights then. And back then, 91,
1: 92, didn't need ID to go and visit somebody. Ah, right. You could book up a visit or just turn up and you could have a visit Yeah. when people was on remand. So it was easier to get away with a little read and write
0: outside. So it was just Open Gang Warfare in Hindley, did you say, was the first one? Hindley. Hindley was the Hindley, first one. Hindley, yeah.
1: HMP Inley, yeah, I was there. That near Wigan? Yeah, it? that's Wigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lancashire, yeah. But yeah, um, people from my side was on certain wings. They split wings, but it didn't stop because people had to go education, people had to go work, people had to Religion. go to the gym, church. So this war, I don't forget, people had been killed recently in side. Yeah. So tensions were still high. Do you know? So anytime we got opportunities to see each
2: other, it was on. And you got the wreck too. Did they have extra guards out for wreck?
1: No. 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 It's like it's like they wanted it to happen.
2: Sounds you know. like they did, doesn't it? Really? Like the as well just institution, give you the fucking keys, do not it's, it, like,
1: really? it's like back in the day, the police didn't want to solve anything. They just wanted to contain it in one area. They didn't want it going to town. It didn't go. want it going to the suburbs, Bernays, Levenjum, Longside, Chulton. Well, they don't they give a fuck if all black or black
2: killing one another Exactly. All. You know what I mean? They don't exactly. give two about that. We know that. It's wrong, you know, isn't it? Same talks, right? It's exactly the same fucking thing.
0: Yeah. It's not right. Did you get ambushed?
1: Nah, I didn't get ambushed. I was all right, me. Well, I got put down the block, didn't I? So I was there permanently.
0: So what you got access to in the block? Nothing?
1: Nothing. Nothing at all.
2: You dick in a book. And your
1: phone. <laughs> yeah. You didn't even have a bed. You just had a mattress on the floor and you had to roll it up and give, put it out um, through the day and get it back at 7 o'clock, at 6 o'clock at night. I was there that long. It made me become the block cleaner after being banged up for three weeks three I bet that
2: felt good to get out just to three clean the months. fucking block didn't it
1: yeah it was all right yeah but i'm all right with my own with my own company where a lot of people would think mad things and things like that i'm cool with my own company i've got the patience of a saint
0: yeah yeah i did a few lockdowns prosecuted some dirty tricks and um but you see, prisoners when they're locked down because of staff shortages, they let like go and spread, they just want to get out and be around other people. I don't mind just reading and not dealing with all the bullshit.
1: Yeah, I'm, li- I'm like that. Every jail I went to, I'd touch down in a block at least once, maybe yeah. two or three times.
2: In America, I'd be in the block a lot for fighting, but it's different there because you can't really, you can't even have a bit of time to yourself cause you've always got people at the fucking door being cell warriors. They're going to do this, they're going to do that. Rather, hell,
0: are you gonna do it. You don't get out the fucking cell, you know what I mean. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, when you got released from that one, you said that was a few months. Yeah, what was your life like when you went back on the streets? I went straight back to the streets, I
1: went straight back to the streets, straight back to the banging. Straight
0: what are you doing? It,
1: yeah, because you choose to live that life, you gotta live it and you gotta live it to the extreme because if you don't, you're gonna get killed. It's like I said, it's kill or be killed, shoot or be shot, stab or be stabbed, Do you know. And obviously you got to have an income, so my income was narcotics. Well,
2: at least you kept it real. You get some people who've been in jail for six months, 12 months, and they come out and they're all religious and they're giving everything up and all that. But then they don't anyway, they go right back to it.
1: Exactly, but that's all I knew, so that's yeah. why I done. What I'd done, and obviously I seen my mate get killed, and I had other mates
2: and family that. So you still boy, had, did. no matter what, revenge. You were still doing.
1: Yeah, I sort wanted that to out. avenge. I wanted to avenge his murder, right up until 2011.
0: The story of your mate getting killed—is that something you want to describe, or is it not something you want to go into?
1: <sighs> yes, yeah, I can talk about it. Me and my mate just went to get ham and cheese on toast in my side pre in a bakery. We was with a couple other people. Um, three people chased us into the bakery, cornered us, shot my mate in his head, killed him, and I survived. Did you get hit as well? No, I didn't get hit on that occasion. We run out of ammunition. They only had one gun between three of them, and we had one gun between two of us. Do you know? Sorry to say it wasn't me that had the gun. My mate had the gun. I left the scene with the gun.
0: And, yeah. Did your mate die right away? Yeah. That's rough, man. Fucking hell. It is, and
1: every day I think about it. But nowadays I live my life in that he doesn't die in vain because I can educate people on what really happens. The sorrow, the depression, the PTSD. I can educate people on what really happens. Our mates usually run off and leave you. On that day, we didn't run off and leave each other.
2: He would have, let, he, if it was you who got killed, he would have avenged you.
1: Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I believe he would have. These other people that you have thought was as close as him, where I think they wouldn't have, but he would have. Yeah, so it went on, tit for tat right up until 2011 throughout the years I went to jail a few times come out went back to what I knew come out went back to what I knew I lived my life like that even in jail on sight if I seen anybody it was beef you know a lot of people forget it when they're in jail and (coughs) just leave it to the streets I wasn't one of them people I just kept it real Yeah, you know most of the people who I had it with on the other side, they kept it real. Obviously, there people from both sides. That was bad shit shithouses. And didn't want the screws to beat them up or didn't want the screws to break up a fight. We'll leave it till we get out. No, people have been killed. Do you know? People have We're been killed. You've tried to kill me. You've shot me. Get this on now. Do you know? Win, lose or draw, it's going to happen. And I used to run at any of them, I see. I just run at any of them because... Back on the streets, you can run and hide. <coughs> in jail, nine times out of ten, you ain't got your tool with you. Obviously, man, I've and that from time to time. But if you're going on a visit, you ain't got your shit. No. So, what can happen? The worst you can do, you get a black eye, a broken nose.
2: It is what it is. And the worst is when you go for that visit, you, you put in a room out and you for a bit. Yeah. And in that room, you could have like ten or fifteen fucking enemies in that fucking room. Yeah, you don't know you're gonna be putting the really, yeah.
1: But that's all about that's the buzz about it. Do you know? I was I used to like that buzz. Do you know the adrenaline when he was going into the visits?
2: Not knowing who you're gonna see, don't know, yeah, yeah,
1: (laughs) because you might catch one of them slipping and you might just punch his head in. Yeah, but then again, you might get caught and there might be ten of them and you might get your head kicked in. But thank God it didn't ever happen to me. Well it's excitement either way, innit? It's excitement if you're gonna do something or if something's gonna get done to you because what's the worst can happen? You get a little beaten. You're not gonna end up
2: dead. No. Nowadays,
1: Sorry. nowadays with this one punch murder and all that, it might happen, but back then you didn't think of that. It was
2: I mean nowadays though it's completely different. Back then you'd fight with your, all right, you'd, you'd if you go to a gunfight with a gun you go with a gun. But if you in general, your you fight with, with your fists, weren't
1: they? Yeah. But you know yourself, a lot of people run from fistfights. Yeah. You know, back in the day, you could have a fistfight with someone, shake their hands and walk away. But nowadays, for the last 25 years, 30 years, not been like that, people want to seek revenge. And, you know, tit for tat, you might shoot me, I might shoot you, you might kill me, then you're going to get killed. And it just just spirals out of control. So nowadays, we need to kind of like, if people have got beef, it's never going to happen. We need to have someone in between and say, let's get in a boxing ring, throw, we'll some, throw
2: some gloves on. Every Saturday you know? for the year, I'd, I'd go down to downtown and I'd get into the fight with the same lad, win or lose. And I fucked that, fucking hell. Blood up his shirt again, not giving a fuck. <laughs> Still going top of the town, going to the nightclub, getting some fucking run contact. And like fucking next Saturday, the same again. And we did it for a fucking year. And in the end, we just looked at one another and said, ah, oh, fuck it, let's just drink. <laughs> come best mates. Drown your sorrows, yeah, that's... <laughs> you know what I mean? It's easier, isn't it? No one is
1: getting killed and then there's no mums burying sons, no sisters burying brothers, no kids burying dads. Do you know? It's, it's the easiest way to do... You know, I say to kids nowadays, you might like fighting... But you don't want to be getting having beef over postcodes, especially when you don't own no property there.
2: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> but if you like fighting, why don't you go to MMA? Why don't you go mix martial arts? You can batter the fuck out of each other and you can shake hands at the end of the day. And if you're that good, you can even get paid for battering the fuck out of somebody.
2: And it gives them a sense of um,
1: discipline. Discipline. I say to kids, everything's transferable. You might sell drugs, if you keep a profit and then end of the day, you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. Transfer that skill into the legal world. You're a salesman. You're an entrepreneur. Do you know? Everything's transferable. If you're fast, you can go into athletics, if you can have a little fight, MMA or boxing, everything's transferable.
2: I think with the drugs as well, I think, I mean, the shorter you're in there, the better. The better. I'm a firm, firm believer. Get in there, make it so everyone starts doing the, the bags and that. But make it so you've done keys. <clears throat> make a bit of money. Get 20, 30 grand out of it, and then just fuck it off.
1: It's harder to keep money nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, illegitimate money. Obviously, legal money is better than anything. A thousand pound clean money is better than ten thousand pound debt, as we yeah. all know.
2: I mean, you can't even go to casinos nowadays. Is it really? Can you? I don't know. I've never been in a casino. <laughs> You've really never really seen have Never been in a casino in my life. Oh, they used to try. They used to clean money back in the day in the casinos, but um, you'd be paying for it.
0: So, going back to what you said, then you saw your mate die. You mentioned PTSD. Did that PTSD start right away after you saw that?
1: no it didn't it didn't kick in i was too busy trying to shoot people so it didn't kick in straight away years later i was going down and down in the dumps and i went to my doctors and they're the ones that said i had ptsd ptsd which is post-traumatic stress disorder yeah but yeah it didn't start it didn't start right away and i did have it and i suffered from it bad to be honest i suffer from a lot of mental health issues i suffer obviously that's the main one but i go through bouts of depression certain times of the year and things like that so that's where my ptsd ptsd started from my mate getting killed and obviously reliving the times that i got shot.
2: but when you say depression certain times a year i would imagine it's you know, you, you, you're thinking about the times when you, your mates have been killed. Mates have been killed. Lost loved ones. Lost loved ones. People
1: close to me that have died from natural causes.
2: It's going to get it's you mean, down, isn't it?
1: Yeah. but
2: you'd have, you'd have to be a robot for it not to. Well, like,
1: that's what... Us as men know that because we're, we're open with our feelings. But a yeah. lot of people will tell kids, nah, you're all right to do that. You'll be all right. You'll all be all right. But I guarantee... All three of us in here have had mental health issues.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, I just go off the scale on loads of them. Exactly. Yeah. Like It's like
1: anyone involved in gangs and the road life, they're definitely going to have mental health issues.
0: So have they told you to deal with your PTSD? What works for you? <sighs> nothing works for me. I just
1: take time out. I try to take time out and keep myself busy, but it doesn't work. There's nothing... That makes me forget a my joint? past. Never smoked weed in my life. Never smoked weed I in like my weavish.
2: life. I don't, I, don't like, I don't like the green. I like, I like the old school Rocky, you know, in the block.
1: Yeah, I've never smoked weed in my life. A lot of kids, I ask kids, do you think I've ever smoked weed? They say, yeah, because of a gang member. But watching my mum smoke cigarettes, it used to scare me, the the amber, the, the ember and yeah. on the cigarette. Bit. Yeah. It used yeah. to scare me. And then years later, my mum died of lung cancer. Mm. Wow. So I've never smoked anything. I've touched drugs. I've took E's. I've took MDMA. I took coke. Yeah. Do you know? But drugs ain't for me. My addiction was women. And everyone used to say, "I'm going to get killed going to a
2: woman's house." And most probably, yeah. I hope you get well. If you go, if that's has got a you get killed coming out of a woman's house. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, that's what, I hope you get yours before you get it <laughs> That's mean? what
1: people used to say to me. But that was back then, innit? Going back to the mental health issue, yeah, we all suffer mental health. I reckon 90% of the human population suffer. Does, anybody, does everybody admit it? No. Everybody has a bad day now and then, regardless.
2: I think living up north too doesn't help.
1: Up hope north's all right. Better than down south.
0: It's depressing though, isn't it? Versus Is Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> Arizona's, like, almost 50 degrees in the summer. Sun's just out all the time.
1: I don't like the sun, so I'm all right. I don't like Yeah, I don't like the
0: heat. I like to stay out in the air conditioning. But you were buzzing, you? when When Walmart first got there, they got these, like, cactus that are, like, 30 foot high, and the cowboys and shit have shot bullet holes in them. And was like, is that a cactus? Pull over. I've never fucking seen a cactus like that before in my life.
2: <laughs> it was supposed to see like... Oh, I think uh, living a witness is depressing as fuck. No-one's hardly working, everyone's fucking having on the sick or on the fucking dole, fucking... You just see smog permanently from the fucking towers.
0: Because for us growing up in witness, the big attraction for us was Manchester on the weekend or Liverpool on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, I had to you're get, get out. Like
1: yeah.
2: yeah. You're in the middle. I had to get out. It was no matter where. Go anywhere... Go Coventry Coventry when we'd
0: go down to the Eclipse Club in Coventry, Shelley's in Stoke. Stoke. Is Shelley still on in Stoke? I don't know. Did you go any of those clubs? No, nah, I didn't then?
1: go. No, nah, I just went. I, I went to a couple in town, but in Manchester city centre back in the day and went out of town Birmingham, London, Milton, Keynes, Northampton, Nottingham, Sheffield. Never Stoke. Which went, ones in town did you go? Um, I only went to a couple Conspiracy when it was the X Club
0: oh we loved Conspiracy
1: didn't I we went, I went is that there... wrong with the the
0: coloured dance floor had all those caves in it and stuff oh
1: yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. I went there the once I went there once and there was a shooting on a night that I went there there was a woman called Gabrielle singing at the time singing this song called Dreams and that night ended up in a nightmare I was involved in something in there and it ended up being an all out gunfight Kill. I was present I'm not saying I was one of the shooters but you were there <laughs> wrong place wrong time it happens yeah. doesn't it it is what it is do you yeah. know yeah. Yeah. that was the first time a club got shot up in Manchester
0: did they have a huge police line up for everybody coming out because we were there when some of that went down and I was off made on eat and we just had to walk down a wall of police no by the time we got off and all that when we went in there
1: there was police on the door it was mad because it was a single policeman in uniform on the door. And when whatever happened inside and we come out, that copper had gone. I don't know where he'd gone. He mostly had the bangs and fucked off because he wasn't armed response or nothing.
2: There was different wars going on back then. There had the doorman walls, which yeah. were completely different, weren't
1: he? Yeah.
2: I, I work with my dad. I do, I do kitchens, I fit kitchens, but... If you go round off green, no fucking works. Uh, after women can't even be asked getting dressed. You walk round with fucking pyjamas on. You know what I mean? it's, like, it's, it's just like speaking. It. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a sports director. Go get some clothes. God damn it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and TK Maxx.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So going back to your story, we're like trying to do it in a time order. You said you did your mum's. Hindley. Yeah. What was your next arrest?
1: My next arrest was a uh, possession with intent to supply Class A.
0: How would you so, get busted on that one?
1: Um, I was serving somebody up at pre Precinct, and obviously when the police got intelligence on you, they're going to be watching you. The police, uh, they knew about my gun, allegedly involved in gun crime. So they was on my case. Um, I served somebody, and he ran off. Police come from everywhere. He ran off, and I didn't have nothing on me. At the time, he bought the last two bags. So the police got the bags off him, took me, arrested me, then found two more bags in my house. What I didn't know nothing about in a dumbbell. I forgot all about them, and, yeah, I was back in, I was back in jail back on remand back in jail got a four year sentence and I had some bullets hidden next door's garden mm. and then bullets happened two bullets happened I don't know if it was the bullets from next door garden because I never checked when I got out of jail but two bullets happened to find themselves on a picture frame in my bedroom according to the police but what the police didn't tell the judge is when they took me out of my bed that picture frame recently, previously, that picture frame was on the floor. Uh. But they said it was on on the wall. So they, the last time they had arrested me, I was released, they threw me against the wall and that picture frame was broke and it was on the wall it was on the floor. So they said they found when they took me to the police station, they said they found two bullets on the, the ledge of a picture frame. That was on a wall which was actually on the floor broke.
2: They were just trying to get you put down early.
1: Yeah, so I got I got six months consecutive for them bullets, even though they wasn't mine.
2: Which prison did you go to
1: next? Um I went to Inlay and that's I went to Inlay. I was on Remanda Inlay. Oh yeah, at the same time, um uh, previously. No, I got bail for, I got bail for the drugs, and then a couple of days later, I got arrested again for some attempt murders. So they remanded me on the attempt murders and the drugs, two in one charge, so I was arrested for, what was the charge With then, uh, Conspiracy to murder, two attempt murders, and
0: the possession with intent to supply was remanded on all three. So that's a life sentence, is it? Pardon? You're facing a life sentence on yeah, that. Yeah,
1: an attempted murder, a conspiracy to murder. The maximum is a life sentence. So I went on trial, was found not guilty of the two attempt murders, found not guilty of conspiracy to murder. I don't know why I was charged with conspiracy to murder, because nobody didn't get shot, nobody didn't get
2: hit. All you got to do conspiracy is allegedly think about it. That's the conspiracy. I, was, I
1: wasn't even at any of them scenes which Mabaris approved. So I was found not guilty and then was given four years for the drugs and six months consecutive for the bullets.
2: They were just trying to fucking set you up to get you out of the fucking way, weren't they really?
1: Yeah, that's what what they used to do. They used to lock you up, but when they lock you up, someone else was getting out, so the war just continued.
2: Yeah, yeah. Do
1: you know? The war continued behind the door. The war continued on the road. But I was one of the people that made sure that the war continued. I was... Proper instigator, proper trouble causer. When I come out of jail in ninety-five after the ninety two, getting four and a half years, doing three years, come out of jail at the end of ninety-five, there was peace. There was peace on and I didn't think it was right because my mate had only been killed four years. So I was one of the instigators to break the peace. How did you break that peace? I just started arguing with people and then shots was getting fired. And the
2: piece was broke. <laughs> Did you get any comebacks on that? Didn't... I didn't...
1: get
2: any
1: comebacks? Yeah. Yeah, I got shot. I got shot. <laughs> 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 I got shot. I got shot later on in, um, in the left leg, like I told you when I was in hospital for nine months. But it was, you know, a lot of other people weren't happy with the piece being on. Yeah. But some of the no, main players, myself and other people, was in jail, so like the softer shit houses thought it was the easiest thing to go and talk peace when they didn't have the authority to, to call a
2: peace treaty. with all the main heads banged up to they probably didn't have the sort the now sort of the the muscle either, did they really? No
1: but They lost somebody too when my mate got killed, so they should have represented his name.
2: Exactly, yeah.
1: But you know what? I'm not going to make excuses for anybody because nobody gives anybody the right to go and shoot people. That's my thoughts now, but back then, my thought process was different.
0: So that three years that you did then, what was that like? It was adventurous because
2: obviously
1: I come across a lot of the enemy in jail. And I kept it going. I went from Inlay to a place called Northallerton.
2: I was being North Allerton. I couldn't see North Allerton. I
1: went to Northallerton. From Northallerton I went to Castington. Uh, from Castington I went to Armley. From Armley I went to Lyndon. So it was it was pretty adventurous when we went down when we went up north to Castington. It wasn't it wasn't anywhere where anybody of any colour was welcomed.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, So
1: when I landed there, some guy come to me self come to me, self see me playing on something called an Atari Lynx. He's like that, I'll have that off you in the morning. I said, All right then. He thought I'd he'd, Doesn't he'd, need he'd, to fucking He thought so. that I was a dummy.
2: Yeah. But it's
1: mad because me and the guy become good friends after that. In the morning I went down, he was on the server. And he said something about nigger lips, I'm coming for that later. So I just filled up my cup with that water and just threw it in his face and started punching him up. Afterwards, we become dead good mates. Yeah. But, you know, you have to set your store. You have to make your mark in a place like that. You know, a couple of weeks later, my brother ended up there. What was the jail called again? Castington. Um, it was across the road from Acklington. Oh, Acklington. Acclington's uh, the cons, in it. Castoners are YPS.
2: Got you, got you, got you. Yeah, I was, it's, um, I was. Um, what's it? Is it Stockton on Tees or what?
1: Yeah. Nah, nah, Morepif. Morepif. Stockton on Tees. I've been
2: in there. That's yeah. a home house. Home house. I've been yeah, there. I've been there a couple of times. The food's all right. When I was in, when I was in Auckland, it, it was fucking mad. the Bullets. It was just like you had your own fucking key to your fucking door. It was one man cell. And people could bring, your family could bring your bedding and all like You could bring fucking a duvet. What the hell? And like, you'd have your own key to yourself fucking basically. They'd come and lock it up at 10 o'clock. But up to 10 o'clock you are open. I wow. just wandering around. I'd always get jobs in the kitchen, me. I'd yeah. always... i straight you move to the then. kitchen. You, yeah. had it easy <laughs> <then>.
1: <laughs> you had it You didn't have to worry about eating noodles and tuna. <laughs> ain't
2: what you want. Uh, i had big stotties every fucking day. Yeah, but yeah, I was in
1: Casterton and I had a few fights with them. I had a few fights with the Gooch boys in there. And then I, um, I turned 21 and was sent to... Lindon via Armley in Armley for a couple of days. Went to Lindholm and I was released from Lindholm in
2: 1995. They tried to jump me in Ackleton because they said I was a Scouse bastard. See, he a Scouse bastard. Because all the scousers was gone. They, they, they fucking, they get, they, they're famous for it. They go down and start robbing cells and everyone gets cast the fucking same from up north, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: So they love the fight stories on this channel. Our audience is like, Lads, got any good fight stories from that time?
1: Good fight stories in the prison. Oh yeah, there was this guy when I was in Inlay. Months before I went to Inlay, I seen him. I kind of, I have to be careful how I say this. I escorted him from his estate to my estate. I didn't kidnap him, (laughs) but I took him to my estate and I give him a, a little going over and whatever and let him go. I let him go home in his underpants because he didn't have boxer shorts on. Yeah. And I thought he was a shitbag. I actually thought he was a shitbag. And just before I got locked up, me mean, my mate seen him driving, so I pulled up the car, skidded, and run to him and tried to grab him again. And he pulled out a gun. And started shooting at me. I didn't. Think, <laughs> I didn't think he had the balls to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But obviously, scared men are the worst men to finger. So I jumped. He chased me because I didn't have nothing on me. I jumped in one side of the taxi and out the other side of the taxi, like in America. Shit with his face. And my mate. My it. mate was. Um, my mate locked himself in the taxi office and was knocking the door. He's like, "Who is it?" I was like, nah, "Me, me. Let me in." So he let me in. So, cut a long story short, the police coming out of that, we got off, he got off, and then I seen him in Hindley a few weeks later, and I thought, yes, uh-huh. I seen him come down the stairs, I thought, yeah, I'm going to knock this guy out, because I'm a big guy, and he's like this, and as a goal to run to knock him out, he pulled out a PP9, I don't know if you know what a PP9 is, a battery, big batteries in yeah. socks, and started swinging it. So my mate grabbed him from behind and I gave him a few digs and it was over. But it all stemmed from me escorting him from my estate because he wasn't a gang member or anything but we just used to go around. I used to go around bullying people. I think you
2: toughed him off a bit. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? he tried to
1: kill me but he was actually in jail for the same gun that he tried to kill me with. He was, he was charged with attempted murder for shooting a couple of people you know. because I turned him into a monster because of what I'd done <laughs> but yeah that, that was a decent fight
2: um,
1: I had loads of fights I had loads of fights it was one time I was in Inley and um, two Gooch boys just been moved on our wing accidentally and I was a cleaner all me other boys was banged up or at the gym I was on the wing and two of them come rushed at me at the same time and I had it with them they didn't beat me even though there was two of them I didn't beat them but that was a good reading, right? When else? I was in strange ways a few years later. I was walking off the yard. One of my old, somebody from the gooch, had behind hid the, behind the door where you come in and he'd hit me. So we had a, had a little bit of a go and I'd done him in properly. I remember going to the adjudication and the the reporting officer says, such and such started it, but Laycock finished it. Do you know? But I still got I still got punished, yeah. I still got G O A D. But I was only defending myself then. Yeah. what other fight? Oh, I was charged I was on k a in strange ways. 99.
2: I'd recently been charged with murder. I'd been cleared of it and the
1: boys, the guy who got murdered, his brother, and some of his mates got put on a cat A wing. And my mates, I did just come on, my mates like that, come out and exercise, we'll do whatever when we come back. And I thought, nah, I can't let these guys come on here thinking that they're going to bully me. So they put the stuff in the cells and this they, they walked up to where I was on the landing and I was waiting for Had them. They come
2: looking for you, like, yeah. Yeah,
1: they come to, yeah, obviously, because. Yeah. One of them had lost a brother, nothing yeah. to do with me, I was cleared of it and things like that. But obviously, they at the carried, time, he do not know. They carried, he did know, but he just carry feelings. Yeah. So they come towards me and I had a bottle, I had a kettle boiling. I was still outside my cell. So I threw the kettle at one of them, picked up a metal bin and started hitting the other two. And then they tried, the three of them tried to grab me, but I'm a big guy, they can't grab me. Do you know, so we had a, a little fight, three of them against one. Nobody got any bruises. It was, they didn't yeah. get the better of me, even though there was three of them. They might think they did, but yeah, got tucked down the choke and then got kept in the choke until I was in court. And they give me, they give me seven day CCT. Seven day CC sell you confinement for each one of the people. Yeah, they got seven days. So well, I got 21 days and they got seven days. How's that work? And because of the disorder of the going back on the K A wing, if I would have went back up there, they kept me in G O A D in the block until my trial and I was released from there. I was arrested on that I was my DNA was found on a gun in Liverpool. And it was dropped because they kept my DNA from the murder and never Destroyed it after the murder. So it was dropped. <coughs> and then there was an old, old kind of like political thing. It was discharged. There did loads of political things and they got permission to recharge me and I got eight years.
2: That's bullshit, that. That's some bullshit, that. But my
1: DNA was that low of copy. Normal scientists couldn't find it. And it's called a low copy number. Jonathan Paul Whitaker was a forensic guy. He come to court and the trial and says, you can't say I touched that gun. His best guess is I touched that gun, but I'm not gonna say how. But I was in a group of people where that gun was.
2: So I got, guilty, I got found
1: guilty. I got found guilty on a low copy number on the same DNA, the low copy LCN. The Omaha bombers got off because you can't get a conviction, but obviously because of the reputation and the intelligence the police had. He had to send me to jail. I went on appeal to appeal the conviction. And who did I have for me? Appeal, the Lord Chief Justice. Wolf.
2: Well, He's
0: a bastard.
1: Mold. Who gets a Lord Chief Justice on an appeal? And Greater Manchester Police was sat in the dock. And not only that, the gun was found in Liverpool. yet Manchester Police charged me.
2: How's that? It should be mercy, said You tell me.
1: The wrong district for fuck's sake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly, but you know politics people don't think politics are involved in violence and gun and all that.
2: If they wanted you they were going to do we were gonna get you some By hook by crook, do we gonna stitch you? It is what you could have is. found it in fucking Glasgow and still try and <laughs> it, stick. stick it, it. it is what it is, you know.
1: I've went and done an eight year sentence and I'm alive. Do you know there's many people that ain't alive, so it's just like I say in gun number six, the
2: film I it was injustice, it's, that, it's, though.
1: It might be injustice, but I don't complain about the things I got away with, do I?
2: No. <laughs> so
1: I <laughs> shouldn't complain about that. It's like when people... You know what pisses me off? When you're in jail, when people are complaining that I mean,
2: being, would...
1: they've been wrongly convicted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, every time as a gang member, I got away with everything. I didn't knock on a police station at the end of the night and say, I got away with this, arrest me.
2: Exactly. But we complain when... They get us for something weird? If they catch you for everything you have done, you wouldn't be fucking out, would you? So.
1: Exactly. I'd be Yeah. I'd be there for about <laughs> 300 more years, and that's getting out with good behaviour. But, do you know, it's occupational hazard. When you commit crime, you're going to go to jail. Yeah. Just like another day at the office. In my life, if I survived a day, it was a good day.
2: Can't do the time, don't do the do you know,
1: If I survived not getting killed in a day, it was a great day. You know, but we don't complain about the things we get away with. We complain about when we get locked up for things we have done or we have
2: knowledge of being done. Or if you do things, and it, 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 to normal people it sounds mad, but if you live that life and just like it's it's an everyday normal occurrence, and it? it's like getting up doing your nine to five. Really, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's I say.
1: I say this. I said this in the program. I was in gun number six, and the newspapers ripped me to death saying. I'm a bully, this, I'm a bully that. I was just honest. It's an occupation hazard. Yeah. Me getting caught with 500 bullets on my last arrest. What did you put caught? Sorry. It was not a book. I was in a program called oh. Gun Number Six. And I say, I tell them the truth. Yeah. That it was an occupation hazard. It's like another day at the office, which it was because the streets was my work. Yeah. People might say I'm big headed and all that, but I'm not. That was my work. Like, use work podcasting and nowadays I work going into schools. The streets was my job then. Job.
2: I said a while back on one of these podcasts, there was, I don't know who he had on, he was a, the car thief guy. He, he got he got one of them numbers where he fucking...
0: Was he, the victimless crime
2: one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot the guy's name. But he was talking, he he robs these high, like the like, high-class cars and that. And I, so I, I said, I think to myself, well, that's a villainous crime because the guys who've got these fucking high-class cars, they've got them insured and shit, you know what I mean? So they're going to get paid out on it, aren't they?
0: What, what's your, um,
2: your
1: film about? Cod Gun Number 6 is about the most deadliest gun on Britain's streets. And it's still out there. 11 people have been convicted of murder. Three people have been killed with a gun like we were saying about before, clean guns, yeah. the gun's still out there, so the gun's been passed on and passed on. So it's actually a gun in Birmingham where there's 11 people doing life sentences. It's called wow. Gun Number Six. Wow. It won a BAFTA earlier this year. I'd like to watch that. It's, I'll send you a link for it. Um, yeah. It's about a gun. So it got, just goes to show that the effect of guns have, gangs have on the wilder, wilder public. It's all right me shooting you and you shooting me. But it's my mum having to visit me in jail and your mum, your brothers and sisters have to visit you in a grave. You know what I mean? There's wider implications, the public.
2: And then you suddenly growing up hating one another. Exactly,
1: but that's what it's about. It's bringing young blood, it's bad good. blood back. It's pretty good. It's, it's been nominated for quite a few awards. There's an award show next month, actually.
0: Where can people watch it? You
1: can't watch it, but I can email you the link to okay. it. It was on the BBC and it was on the iPlayer, but mm. I can email you a link. I can email it to yeah.
0: you. Yeah, please. So this, lot, this other stretch then was eight years, you said? Yeah, that, Is that was. that a different prison now?
1: That was eight years. Oh, yeah, I went around the block. I won that prison. I went to a few different prisons. I started off in Strange Catty, Ended off in Dovegate. <laughs> Stayed there for two years. That was amazing, jail. That was a private jail. When I when I got there, I was one of the first prisoners in there. I was told to go and pick myself. On A Wing. And my wing <laughs> was the wing where the wall was, so things could fly over. My wing was the only one where things could fly over the wall. Girl. You know, and offices turn backs and things like that. Loads of corruption going on. Loads of screws getting banged in there.
2: Plenty of tennis balls.
1: Yeah. Tennis balls, footballs, you, <laughs> you name it—the size of the things that used to come over there. You'd need more than tennis balls. Yeah, but yeah, Dovegate—that was a great jail. Um, mates having affairs with screws, things like that. Yeah. I paid. I paid a couple of screws to bring me a couple of items that you wasn't allowed on the canteen. And yeah, that was a good jail had a couple of fights in there, um, battered some kids because f- he was on Christmas Day what, 2001 because he was throwing tomatoes, having a laugh and a joke and I didn't find it laughing a joke that I was away from my kids. I asked the kid to say, sorry, he says no. So I went into his cell and punched his head in. Do you know he thought I was just a fat guy that couldn't fight, but I could hold my own. That was on Christmas Day 2001. Some Muppet from Leeds called Danny. Still on Muppet now. Even though I don't own no malice against nobody. Um, What else happened in that jail? Yeah, I wasn't allowed in the workshops because of my violence tendencies. They put me in a workshop and then realised there was weapons there and then took me out so I was on the server. Clean the laundry. Uh, one time was arguing someone on the stair and there you had proper plates, not plastic plates. So the uh, guy got cheeky, sort of slammed his plate on the top of the hot plate saying that he wasn't getting any food. Little yeah. did I know that the plate was going to smash and a shard of the porcelain went into somebody's neck and he nearly died,
2: some innocent bystander.
1: But it was only an accident. I didn't get any
2: trouble for it or anything. But yeah, someone nearly died. So that guy with a fucking person in his <laughs> neck. <laughs> but you know what? Um, to you gotta see the funny side of that though. I can't read <laughs> to be honest, hell. you should have
1: seen it. You, you've never seen blood like it. And I've been in a lot of situations where I've caused accidents. Yeah. Where blood's been you've never seen anything like it. It was like some out of a horror movie. Must have just where got just the just, right like, vein. But um I believe he took the jail to court and I believe he was he was well compensated it's by He never held it against me. No. He never held it against me, even though he spent quite a bit of time in hospital. He never held it against me. It was a life of doing life for free murders.
2: He got paid. You, you you didn't have to do no extra
0: time on it. He didn't blame you, so everyone's a winner. Yeah,
1: he was a very peaceful man.
0: What other situations have you been in where you said you accidentally caused blood?
1: Accidentally caused blood? (laughs) I didn't see accidents. (laughs) Um, I've been in quite a few situations where I've caused blood. Obviously, I've been charged with shootings. I've not been convicted, so I can't admit to being... Yeah, let's
0: not go (laughs) there.
1: Yeah, but uh, I was charged with stabbing somebody up and making him break breakdowns to Spice Girl music and sing. And then <laughs> I, was found, I was found not guilty because the reason I was found not guilty is because obviously he named me as Daryl Laycock, but he didn't know my name. Someone had told him my name, so yeah. I was found not guilty on the ASA evidence thing. I had a brilliant barrister who brought in a stack of papers to explain what ASA evidence was to the judge, and I was cleared and found not guilty.
2: You need decent in... barristers, don't
1: you? Yeah, I'm still, I still have a working relationship with my barrister now. And that was the first time I worked with him '96, '97. And I still, I've got a programme coming out with him. I've been on one show with him, I've got a programme coming out with him in January on BBC Primetime.
2: When you're growing up, <clears throat> you tend to stick with, like, county courts and stick with a normal solicitor. But mm. it, it, as you get a bit older, your crimes are getting more serious. It's more of barristers and crown, crown courts, isn't it?
1: Yeah, my barrister is actually a QC now, and he's never ever prosecuted, which is rare. He's a defence specialist. Wow. So I speak to him quite often. We do some work together with the TV stuff and all that, and he supports... Anything that I do. I do a lot of charity work and he's always the first to support it.
2: That's good. That's very good.
1: What charity work do you do? I do a lot of, obviously, I do a lot of school work for free. I feed homeless people. Um, I collect for kids' charities, provide clothes, bedding, nappies for charities. Um, at Christmas last year, Raised enough to feed 30 families, provide families alongside my friend, 30 ampers. I just do every, everything I do, I try and do good. You know, I try and do a good deed all the time. Obviously, a lot of my work I do in schools.
2: Pay it forward.
0: Yeah,
1: a lot of my work I do in school, I actually lose by doing it because sometimes it costs me. Yeah. You know, I don't get no government support whatsoever.
0: What's the reaction from the kids?
1: I get an amazing reaction from the kids. They all message me on social media saying, thanks for coming, you've changed our life.
2: There's your payment right there, isn't it? Yeah.
1: And you know what it is? A lot of people won't cut. The kind of people in this kind of work, you'll know because you do public speaking, a lot of people have got egos and they won't come out of their house for nothing. Whereas I put people before profit. Yeah. And I've never put profit before people because I've always been a person that gives. Even though I was involved in one of the bloodiest wars of our era, I've always been daryl to people, not the devil to people, yeah, so to speak. So, yeah, I've always done that.
2: So if you were that chippy and you were getting kebab and you made it with skin, you'd, you'd get him a kebab? Like- yeah, I'd always, I'd
1: always look after everybody else before yeah. I looked after myself. I'm still like that now. Even though I might not be able to afford the big meals that we used to have, I still always look after the person. It's like if you go on a date, you don't let the woman pay, so to speak. Not that I go on dates, yeah. but you know I've always been a gentleman kind of no, thing. you know?
0: So as a gunman, then when you're in the prison and this war's going on. Did you feel the need to have weapons in the prison system?
2: Let him be the nice person for a
0: minute.
2: (laughs) just the blood and guts, innit?
1: I'm always going to be a nice person, but I'm always going to be that... I I was always going to be that person. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily always had weapons. I always had a shiv somewhere... But I mean, if you're going on visits or you're going off the wing, you can't really carry a shift with you because you know yourself so yeah. you get searched coming on and off the wing. But I always had a shift. I always had a had a cup, had a plate that I could crack at any time and stick in somebody's neck.
0: How, we, how easy was it to get material for the shift?
1: People working in workshops, it was very easy. Do you know another another incident I had in? Um, I said I wasn't going to get in trouble no more. 2005, I was in Winston Green. I'd been shanghai from Dovegate. I'd gone, like, loads of different jails. So I ended up in Winston Green, and I, I thought, I'm going to work here. I went education. I'd become an education orderly. And, you know, the orderlies, they're seen as a soft touch and all that. So I was, just, yeah, yeah. I just had to go and collect numbers. That's all it was. I'm in a Birmingham jail. I'm the only man in there. And some guy come in and all that, see me writing down numbers and all that, and he must have thought it was a big bad I am. Do you know what I mean? I kept myself quiet whilst I was in there, so he's he's telling me, he come over to me, and, and he's asked me what I'm doing, told him, and he's telling me to move out of his way, move screw by, move screwboy, and you know yourself, if someone calls you a screwboy, you might as well call you a nonce. So what did I do? I just stuck a pen right in his cheek and in his neck, Stabbed him in his neck and in his cheek with a bit pen.
2: Screw boys I mean? is just like it's like an American version of punk, old bitch. punk old bitch, yeah. yeah. But
1: but he's not gonna ever call anyone a screw boy again. No. But when I've done that,
2: but he was trying to bully, and the bully did, got bullied. But so. obviously
1: he didn't know he didn't know who it was, and he didn't yeah. know my name because everybody else in the jail. But he just come there new, thinking he was a big bad man and that happened to him do you know what I mean not only that he's calling me a screw boy I get taken down the block he's, he's gone to the hospital and then the police come and take me a close on my trainers because he wants to make a statement ah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know he's calling me a screw boy then he yeah. wants to get me charged but at the time I was kind of like I had a I had a special female teacher at that time we're not going to go into that but I had a teacher friend at that time and she was a witness to the adjudication and at the time because I got a bad wrist where I got shot in I had a metal you know the, the have you seen the wrist straps and you have a metal plate in it yeah 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 well my excuse he got cut like that because I'd hit him with this which wasn't it was a big pen. Maybe you want to charge me. Maybe you don't. But I'm doing good now, and I'm not glamorizing things. But this is what happened. I'm not going to lie. So, a teacher come and says she perjured herself and says, "I hit him as well." So,
2: I'm surprised you didn't turn that metal thing into two shanks.
1: <laughs> that would,
2: t- the thought had crossed my
0: mind.
1: Thought <laughs> had crossed my mind. But yeah. He tried to get me charged, it didn't work. i got a few days in the block and he spent a bit of time in hospital, but that was it.
0: What finally made you change your heart about the lifestyle? You know what it was?
1: I'm not going to go into it because it's very, very private, but something happened to a family member and it made me realise that the boys on the street want my family. When I was in jail, they didn't look after me. When I was out, they wanted me to help them make money and things like that back them up and they wanted to back me up but when something happened to a family member and I thought to myself I'm doing all this badness looking after my mates on the streets and my family are the ones that are suffering
2: so yeah.
1: I had to put my family before my boys
2: and get your priorities right
1: yeah so when I was released in jail from jail 2008 16th of August to the 8th Sixteenth of August two thousand and eight, I was caught with five hundred bullets in Hunts Cross McDonald's. Um, my co-accused were caught with some guns at his house, but that's neither here nor there. And that's probably the best thing to ever happen to me. More so than my kids, because if I'd, I I would have got back to my side with them bullets, people would have got killed. Those dead people. Each it's one not, of them was a person. Not, not not not. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. I might not have killed anybody. But whoever I give them bullets distribute them bullets to, yeah, they would have been deaf, it would have been so it's the best thing, it's a blessing in disguise, moving on to the moving on to the incident that happened, something happened to my family member, and I thought, nah, this is it, I can't do this no more, I can't go back to jail because my mum as her oldest son, my mum, could only sleep when I was in jail. Because she'd had a knock on the door saying he has been charged with murder. Knock on the door, had been shot. Knock on the door, had been stabbed.
2: She knows she can sleep because she knows that you're all right.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, i come out of jail 2006, got stabbed in 2006, seven times.
0: Where were you when
1: you got stabbed? Uh, I was in a club in Bradford. I walked, through the, I walked through the door and people tried to ask me for money and I've never paid going to a club. And, you know, that big bravado, you just... You just think it's going to work forever. <coughs> and obviously, if you scare someone that much, it's like if you back a rat into the corner, it's going to attack you. Yeah. don't mean to. It's going to jump over your shoulder, but it's going to bite you on the way. So, yeah, I was in a club, and the promoter come up to me and says, yo, D, da, Yo, D, what? And he just started stabbing me. He started stabbing me, and I was on the floor. And I don't know how, but I just kicked him on his ass, jumped up, got out of there. Um, jumped in my car, got to the hospital, collapsed in the car park. The police found me unconscious in the car park. So, yeah, that's what happened when I got stabbed. Going back to this <coughs> incident and turning my life, I thought to myself, I've been backing my boys for years. And, you know, when I go to jail or anything, they don't even look after me. And I've backed them to the point where. I've been charged with murder, I've been charged with attempted... So they don't give you
2: your family some money or they don't put money on your book No,
1: nah, 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 Every now and then, but, you know, I the, the work that I put in, yeah. I made a lot of people a lot of rich people. So I thought, i got to do this for my family. So I come out, when I was released from jail, I was MAPA 3-4. I was the most dangerous person, according to Greater Manchester Police, Merseyside Police... On probation, so I was the most dangerous person in the northwest due to intelligence, but we all know intelligence is bullshit, don't we? You know, 50% might be true, 40% might be true, but 100% Let's be fair, you do
2: sound pretty dangerous, mate. Like... <laughs> That's coming from him. <laughs> but yeah,
1: but you know what? It it helped me become the person I am today, so I wasn't allowed in Manchester for two and a half years. I was on licence, I was in a hostel... And I had to go back to the hostel for a bit every two hours. So I couldn't go back to Manchester. I was on a seven o'clock curfew. I was in the hostel for eight months.
2: I think I'd have to be back in prison.
1: Yeah, I know, but I had to be out there for my family. So I'd done that for eight months. And then I got an house in Liverpool. I wasn't allowed back to Manchester and for two and a half years. I went back to Manchester 2013. After my mum was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Sorry so I went, I went to look after my mum. So I looked after my mum for through a battle. She died in March. March the 3rd, 2015. Uh, buried her on the 16th of March. The 15th of March. Someone was shot at my mum's funeral. What? Someone was shot at the reception of my mum's funeral, yeah? Mm-hmm. And people thought that I was going to go back to the old me, but I thought to myself, I made promises that I wouldn't do anything, I wouldn't go back to jail. And I thought, i would just leave it to karma. So that's what I'd done. And throughout that time, I started volunteering. I started volunteering with an organisation in Liverpool because they weren't allowed in Manchester called Cells. And... To be honest, Cells is mostly obviously there's, a, there's like loads of org, organisations, people that have made me the person I am today. Yeah. But Cells was there for me. I started volunteering where we used to go around schools taking a cell, around showing kids what it's like to be in gangs, to be abused, to go to jail and so on. And then it's just just gone on from
2: there. Like, not so much a shock treatment, but showing people that it's not all glamorous, it's not yeah. all fast cars, the reality, hot women and clothes and money. The reality,
1: because really and truly, if you work it out, the kids on the streets think making money, but nine times out of ten of them are in debt for the rest of their lives because they've all got drug habits.
2: It's, it's got bad, especially down in London. The people getting, but college people are getting stabbed for the phone. college fathers go, they've got a future, they're doing something, and some lads will just ride up them.
0: Or throw acid on the face. Yeah, Mm. for no reason Exactly,
2: but crime does not pay if you
1: work it out. If you work in McDonald's or a low-paid job for 20 years, and you're on the streets for 20 years, which one's going to make the most money? It's definitely going to be the person in McDonald's, because the occupational hazards of being on the street is you're going to get stabbed, you're going to lose a parcel... You might not get stabbed, but people are going to hate on you. You're
2: still going to pay You're gonna to go, your go to
1: jail. You're going to lose parcels. People yeah. are going to rob you. You're going to go to jail, and then you're going to have to start again. If you work in McDonald's after 20 years. You've you've gone through half a million pound.
2: I'd say the only crime that does pay is white collar crime, like um, you know, like business, like fraud stuff. Yeah, like
1: but that. We, we, us as a country, forget that we don't profit off crime. We no profits off crime. The Police, prosecution, barristers, solicitors, judges, Argos, DFS.
2: They're taking all the court, Probation.
1: It? Because you know yourself, DFS sofas and SCS sofas are made in jail.
0: Yeah. Do you
1: know? It's just, I
0: didn't know that actually, no. It's just slave, it's That's just why slave the drivers. War. That's why they keep the drug war going. Just massive amount of money they can make.
1: Exactly. Jail is. A business. Crime I didn't is know a the
0: business. sofas were made there, though. Loads of different stuff.
1: Loads of things are assembled for Argos. When
2: well, you just get out, don't you get a discount? Don't <laughs> you just get an Argos card? not at all.
1: Not at all, but we all know that crime is a business because it keeps people in jobs.
0: Yeah. I think it's like one of the biggest employees in the world is the justice system, especially in America.
1: Exactly. My barrister's just come back from America. He went over there to see how the justice system's worked.
0: China and India have got, like, 100 engineers to every lawyer, and America's got, like, 100 lawyers for every engineer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's just a big cattle market in America, though. They just want to keep you in, really. They'll let you out on tags and everything, but they just want you back in because they get paid money for you. Yeah, being so there, you just got back
0: 50,000 a year to the yeah. jail. Yeah. So how easy is it, then, to just pull out of that lifestyle? It's not easy, but, do you know,
1: I had to put my family first. So it was it was easier for me because I wasn't allowed in Manchester. Yeah. If it was allowed in Manchester
2: You'd have been it mixing have been, with it. It
1: would have been yeah. But I had um, a non association list. Like fifty people I wasn't allowed to associate, you know, and I was always I was always a risk I risked to known adults but
2: you must have to stay out of the, the lifestyle too because yeah I mean you come to Liverpool you know for the fact if you want to click up you can get up to mischief. yeah
1: I had people in Liverpool yeah <laughs> you know
2: but it's it's not
1: I made a promise that I wouldn't go back to jail and to this day I've not been back to jail that's good and I don't commit crime do you know i go around schools i do motivational speaking i try to empower kids not to follow the road that i won't go down because that road it, it's not glamorous there's nothing glamorous the only glamorous thing about being in a gang in england is when your mum or dad give you the funeral you deserve not your mates because your mates get a t-shirt saying rest in peace daryl yeah when that faded the memories fades they haven't got the decency to buy suits so, there's nothing glamorous about
2: being in a gang. They do go funerals in jeans, don't they, and wearing them t shirts. Yes. Yeah.
1: Do you know what? And when they fade out, they just f- throw them away.
0: You know what?
2: They
1: don't give your mum, your dad, any money towards a funeral.
0: From the, um, the questions the kids ask as well, it's like so smart these days. They got all this education off the internet. Do they surprise you with the things they ask you? What kind of stuff do they ask you?
1: They ask me anything. You ever murdered anything? They ask me, did you bend down for the soap?
0: i can
1: going to ask that one. <laughs> when he asked them would you bend down for the soap I say I use shower gel. <laughs> but yeah they ask you everything um, is it safe to stab someone in the bum and like I say to them it's not safe to stab anybody anywhere you've got arteries from your head to your toe and I put I put like a diagram on there.
2: you got more the, arteries the, in your heart than anywhere else
1: if anything it's more dangerous. Exactly but you've got arches up and down your body. And I tell him about a friend, of, a friend of mine I lost in 1997. He was kidnapped and robbed and he was stabbed in his ankle and he died. Yeah. You know, people think it's safe to stab anywhere. But anywhere you can bleed, you can die. No. You might be an hemophiliac with no clotting agents.
2: So yeah.
1: there's no safe place to stab people. And I tell these kids... Don't be stabbing people for your mates because they're not going to do it for them. If they go out and stab somebody, doing it for themselves, they're not doing it because you got stabbed. They're doing it because they want to do it.
2: Do you know? They need to learn to fight, don't they? We need to learn to live in peace more than anything. Yeah, but if they are going to have a beef, you use the fist. Get a pair of gloves on. Yeah.
1: Call someone else, one of the elders. We can sort out a boxing ring and things like that. I'm trying to get kids to stop that mindset and then once it's done bury it yeah i'm don't trying continue to continue it i'm trying to get kids into the boxing ring because i've got people who box and people who fight do mma fighting i've got a mate called andrew devent who used to be kind of like my rival but now we've come together and he's willing to train kids for free
2: if you've got people like that in your corner, the kids should be crying out loud for it. They should be coming in. It's, it's it like
1: be... I've worked with over 150,000 kids, 160,000, I've done 2,000, not last week, the week before. Um, and I don't get no government funding. The only people who fund me is the people who own this company, Twins, who are my mates. They come from the road. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They They're the ones that look after me. They're the ones that, make me be able to go to these places because I couldn't go otherwise well, why, well
2: they should pay you to go to school surely
1: I know but some schools will pay but whilst they're waiting to go for the red tape and all that these kids getting killed every day I'm not yeah. waiting for that so I'd rather go off my own back and Get then the if something out. comes along it comes along but I know that the twins are always going to
0: look after me Yeah. do you know the, and what is it that Twins does? The Twins, they sell
1: clothing and hats. But so, so we for, could
0: put a link in under this video for your Twins. Yeah, help, help yeah. To support what you're doing.
1: Yeah, they, they sell clothing and hats, but they come from the streets like me. They left school at a young age. I'm not going to go too much into their business, but yeah. now they sell hats and clothing. They started with six hats, and now it's a decent business. And they support, they don't just support me, they support a lot of worthy causes around, around the world. So, yeah.
0: If you want to support what Daryl's doing, we're going to have a link in the description box below this video for twins. How hard is it to get a kid to give that up lifestyle and then do boxing or something? It is hard, but it's possible.
1: My success rate is good.
0: But you know what it
1: is? When I tell the kids the real truth, the deep down truth that we won't go into here today, And I tell the truth about, you know, you have someone shooting somebody at your mum's funeral. Yeah. And this all happened because of the choices I made from a very young age. If I didn't make them choices, that wouldn't have happened. But also, if I didn't make them choices, the dynamics of life wouldn't have brought us into contact. So it's all about dynamics and choosing the right friends and the right places to go and associate. Do you have regrets? I personally don't. I don't have regrets. A lot of people say I'm a bully, I'm a big head, because I don't have regrets. And the only reason I don't have regrets is because it's made me the person I am today. Yeah. You know, and I'm a very nice person. I'm always giving, always giving. Every day I do something. Like when I leave here tonight, I'm going back to Manchester and when I get back to Manchester, I'm going to be on the homeless feeding the homeless tonight do you know so I do something I try and do a good deed every day and I don't have no regrets I do nothing but good obviously there's people I do not talk to but I don't do no bad to them no no you know I don't carry no hate in my heart and that's mostly why I've survived who else do you know get shot 20 odd
2: times and survives? someone looking out for one you one
1: occasion i am shot once on two occasions stabbed seven times who else?
2: you definitely got someone looking out for Who you. Who else do you yeah? know
1: that's been arrested for numerous murders and been cleared of one and not charged with no others? Even though I'm not saying it was a, I was involved, but there's certain murders where people say that I was involved, but obviously I was sent to this earth as a vessel to pass my message on to help others. Do you know, I'm no by no means am a murderer, by no means am a violent man. I'm here, I live peaceful, and so on. I don't promote no violence whatsoever. I've done what I've done in the past, and I leave the past in the past,
0: and I hope everybody else can.
2: You've been out of trouble a few years. I've been out of trouble since when did we get old? Ten years. So I've been out of trouble for ten years, yeah.
0: So the kids watching this who carry knives, what do you say to them? There's nothing good about carrying knives.
1: Nobody gives you the right... To stab anybody, nobody gives anybody the right to stab you. Nobody gives you the right not to be able to walk in a postcode. You walk wherever you want, and if anybody pulls out a knife on you, turn turn the other cheek. Don't try attacking. Always turn it away. And a lot of kids are dying through people trying to rob them of the phones, of the cameras, of the iPods. If someone pulls out a knife on you. Give them your iPod. Give them your phone. Give them your trousers. Whatever they ask for you, because you only get one life. You get hundred pairs of trousers. You get hundred phones. The material things do not, not give up at, at or whatever.
2: They say fight or flight, don't they? But I'd say personally, just you know, you can't fight against a knife. Just flight. Just run away. Give them what they want. No point in arguing over it. Back in the day.
1: I would have fought someone with a knife. But nowadays, the way these people are going around stabbing people and killing people, they've got no value for life.
2: They get you from behind your back, though. They've got no morals,
1: have they? Kids need to value life, and I always write hashtag your life matters. The last few weeks I've been saying your life matters because it matters to me. When I'm going in to see a kid, they mean something to me. They're keeping me on the straight and narrow you know, so I want them to respect themselves and value their own lives. Should we get some
2: promotional t shirts with that on?
1: Your life matters. Yeah. I will do when I get some dull.
0: <laughs> so I thought I was going in to teach the kids, but then I found out that they were teaching me about me. Have you found out that yeah. psychologically?
1: Yeah, kids, you learn something new about yourself every day. Do you know, we can go and teach the kids, but the, this day and age, we're learning from them. A lot more advanced than we was when we was younger.
0: Lot. Well, that's a huge strong note to finish it on about the models of um, knife crime. So, man, what a story! Can't even believe you're here and you're fucking alive, man. Daryl, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having Frilling. me. Brilliant. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. That was great. Thanks. <laughs> hello sue perkins here and i've
1: teamed up once again with the lego group to bring you series two of my podcast at your leisure join me as i chat to chart toppers catch up with comics and yak
0: with youtube legends finding out what they get up to when they're not busy being famous expect more excellent guests
1: sharing more unusual hobbies so why not join us on the journey listen to the at your leisure podcast with me sue perkins on global player